Okay, um, ladies and gentlemen, good to see you. Um, just, I want to make this a public announcement, just to say I think my mum would be totally shocked that she's got a Mother's Day card actually in time for Mother's Day and not a week after. Um, so I want to make that clear, you know, that I did post a card earlier this week. Uh, I've got three sons, and I think um, Alison's got two out of three cards today. So that's not bad going, actually, I don't think. It's usually less than that. But uh, um, I owe a lot to my mum. Um, she's in her 80s now. One thing I remember growing up is my mum used to sing to me every single night a verse from Away in a Manger, which is obviously a Christmas carol, but every single night as I was growing up, uh, be near me, Lord Jesus. Okay, so that's one of my memories of mum. She's still, still going. She's 80. And um, my mum and dad, my dad's 81. My mum's 80. They, they're involved in um, doing some work with old people in the church. And they talk about helping with the old people. And I think, mum and dad, you're in your 80s, you know. But anyway, the, this is the first of a three-part series on Undefeated. And today is called Undefeated by Bad News. And the idea is we're going to interview someone um, find out about their story, and then uh, just a, a little message at the end, tying in with that theme. So I'm Tim, uh, one of the members here, and this is Jackie, also one of the members here, and we're going to ask Jackie her story, which is related to um, the title Undefeated by Bad News, also I think related very strongly to Mother's Day. So Jackie, we know you're Jackie, but just tell us, this about, um, tell us about you, where were you born, and... Um, a bit about your family, brothers, sisters, that kind of thing. Um, I was born in Bristol. I lived uh, at High Ridge, which is just up the road, so not very far away. I knew this church when it was the Tabernacle, but never came to it. Um, but um, we used to go up to the Langford Road Gospel Hall for Sunday school. Um, brothers, I, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have three brothers and a sister. You'll have to excuse me, I'm getting nervous now. <laughs> okay. And for those who know people in the church, your sister is? Uh, Yvonne. Okay. And uh, our boys grew up calling you R. Jack and R. Yvonne. Is that what you used to call each other? Um, they always, yeah, always called R. Jack and R. Yvonne and Tim's boys because they like my Bristolian accent, I'm sure. <laughs> they call me R. Jack every time they see me. Yeah, so my boys call R. Jack and R. Yvonne. So you said about Langford Road Gospel Hall. Um, so your family a Christian family? Uh, no, my family weren't Christian families. They would have thought they were because you just filled out forms that said, um, what's your religion? So you put C of E or Christian because you didn't really take any notice. But in those days, people just thought they were Christians because they were sort of good, you know, didn't do too many bad things. So, so I would say definitely, no, we weren't a Christian family. But you went to Sunday school at Langford Road? We were made to go to Sunday school. We didn't, um, saying that, sometimes we went, sometimes we ended up in the park. Um, but did, your, did your parents know that you ended up in the park? Don't think we told them. Okay, right, so... Um, <laughs> And was it the same with school as well? Did you, did you sky school as well? Oh, no, I won't ask that question, actually. <laughs> I don't think I did. And, and what do you think about Langford Road, the Sunday school, as you were growing up? Any memories of that? Um, I can remember having yellow jaundice, and they used to have a Tuesday night club. And um, 
I was really upset that I couldn't go. So I must have, I must have enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Okay. I, I, I sort of believed there was a God, and I can remember Goliath and David, but I can't really say I noticed anything else. Okay. And um, just tell us about your family now. Um, got My family now. I've got two boys. Um, they're both married. I've got one son's got one boy, and the other son's got two little girls. Okay, so, and their names, as in your sons? Uh, Dean and Ricky. Dean and Ricky, okay. And uh, you live in Clevedon? I do. So, obviously, you saw the light and moved from... I should be careful what I say, shouldn't I? Okay. There's a few Clevedon people here today. Um, so, when did you move to Clevedon? Uh, 1975. 19, that's a long time ago, isn't it? It's, it was. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what, what caused you to move to Clevedon? Apart from just it's a good place to live... Um, I was getting married, and um, that was where we were going to live. Okay, so you, you got married and lived in, in Clevedon. Now, you talked about Dean and Ricky, but um, there's Andrew as well. Yes. So, just tell us a bit about Andrew, uh, when he was born, and what happened probably quite early on when, uh, after Andrew was born. Um, he was born in 1976. He was my first son, and um, he was wonderful. He's. I'm not just allowed to say this, by the way. <laughs> and I'm not saying it, it, he was. He was different. He was wonderful. I've got three sons, and I would say the other two were ordinary <laughs> Jack of the Lads. Dean, Ricky, if you're watching this afterwards. <laughs> She loves you really. <laughs> I do, but Andrew was definitely special. In fact, I always thought he was an angel. He loved life. He loved people. He spoke to everyone, and he was really well known in Clevedon. Um, but when he was 10 months old, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. So we went to a hospital. They said there was nothing they could do because it was in the center of the brain. But he was given uh, radiotherapy uh, every single day. He was put to sleep to have radiotherapy. He had chemotherapy. Um, and it stayed dormant for quite a time. But it also caused hydrocephalus, which is fluid around the brain. So uh, quite often that got blocked. So we would end up in hospital. And every time it was supposed to be a simple operation, it ended up, he'd end up in intensive care. So we were in and out of hospital an awful lot. Um, and then when he was about, I think it was about 11, he started tripping over again. And I, I knew that there was something wrong. Um, and also his neck was, um, it was slipping and he had to have bone graft on that. And um, I just knew that there was something wrong, and eventually he was diagnosed with a tumour. Not, well, it was the original, but it was on the out, just the end bit of the radiotherapy had started up again. Okay, so, so, so for many, many years, you were lots of hospital visits, mm -hmm. um, lots of treatment, what was your reaction? You weren't a Christian at this time. What, would, what did, you, did you blame God? Did you think, can there be a God? Um, I don't know, because when he was first diagnosed, I was really young, and I didn't even think children got cancer. Um, 
don't think I've ever blamed God because I wasn't a Christian, so I God just... Really exist in your thinking? No, not, not to that extent, okay. I don't think. I mean, like everybody, when there's a problem, you pray to God, like, you know, non-Christians who don't really know him do pray to God, and so I would have done that. <laughs> okay, so you, you described Andrew as an angel, mm-hmm. okay? But he wasn't perfect, was he? Oh, no. No, okay. He did enjoy his jokes. Um, uh, I'm not sure I could call any of my three boys angels, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but it got to the stage where... Um, tell us about how you... Then Andrew started going to a children's club and a young people's club at uh, Copsford Chapel in, in Cleveland. How did that come about? Um, a friend of mine, because I would only let certain people look after him, um, said to me, oh their son goes to Cops Road Chapel to this club, would Andrew like to go? And in those days, you didn't have mobile phones, so if anything happened, it was difficult to get hold of you. In fact, at that time, I don't even think I had a telephone. So they, were, they said they were just going to be around the corner, so I let him go. And he loved it. I didn't wrap him in cotton wool. I did try to let him have a life, but I just needed to be aware that I could get hold of him and I didn't drive either so that made things even more difficult um, so he went to this club um, which was Cops Road Chapel and he loved it and then um, when he was old enough to go up to the next group this lady knocked on my door and I was actually living in a caravan then um, because our house was being rebuilt so um, and she asked if he could go to the bigger club so this was just when he was starting, I think the other tumour started getting worse. So he went to that club and um, they were really good because I couldn't always take him to club, I didn't drive. So they used to come and pick him up, take him to club and uh, he eventually became a Christian. Well, okay, so Andrew um, started going to for those who remember the phrase JUCOs, he went to JUCOs first and then to the, the um, young people's group. And through that, he heard, heard the gospel, became a Christian. He did. So can you remember the date? It was September the 14th, 1990. Okay, so September the 14th, 1990, Andrew, who was an angel, mind you, but not that much of an angel, became a Christian. He did. Yeah. And what impact did that have on, on your life? Um, First of all, I mean, he used to bring home little leaflets, and I can remember him saying to the doctor when the doctor came round, I've become a Christian. I'm going, yeah, okay, okay, he didn't want to know. So, but, um, so I noticed um, the difference, the people there, um, and they were so kind and so good, and I trusted them, so I... I I would let him go to club, and he loved it. Um, he did pray for us to become Christians as well. But um, when he died, he was 14. So this, this one, we went, by the way, when Andrew became a Christian, um, although he was an angel, we noticed a huge difference in him. Um, from sort of depending on his own goodness, really, to depending on Christ, and Christ died and rose again. And so we, as helpers at the club, 
sort of massive difference in Andrew, and then obviously the difference in you. Just tell us about, you started reading the Bible after Andrew died. I did start reading the Bible, and I'm not a reader, and I'm still not a reader. I don't have lots of time, but I mean, I do read the Bible. Jackie's not a reader. Now, the Bible's a big book, okay? I try and read it uh, in a whole year, okay? It takes that long. So, you read the Bible for the first time, really. How long did it take you to read it? I don't know how long it took, but it didn't take very long. And I, I seem to recall two weeks, <laughs> two weeks to read the whole Bible. So you were searching for answers, really, weren't you? I was, and it was making sense to me, because I know when I used to look at the Bible before, you just think, yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, I had all these questions, and I just wanted to keep ringing people and asking them questions. And, and did you keep answers. ringing people and asking questions? I did, actually. <laughs> So, um, uh, Andrew became a Christian, you started reading the Bible, mm-hmm. um, but there came, you said, Andrew, Andrew died, um, when was that? Um, 28th of January. Okay, so in uh, 28th of January 1991, yeah. so this, you're talking about four months after he became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Andrew had grown up with this tumour, became a Christian in September ninety. Uh, his life has changed, impacted Jackie massively. She started reading the Bible. Andrew then died. Um, just tell us, um, like the events after Andrew died. The, the events, well, his, he died on the 28th of January. Um, there were so many different things now that happened. There was uh, here's, here's one. T- tell us about, cause I, know, I know Jackie's story, tell us about the baptismal service. We had a baptismal service here last week. Tell us the baptismal service that happened after Andrew died, but before you became a Christian. The baptismal service is, I know Andrew wanted to go, and I had a baby then um, who was, well, he was born in May, so he was a few months old, and I just felt as though I should have to go. So I think it was actually Liz that looked after him for me whilst I went to this um, baptismal service. And I remember sitting up upstairs with Alison, and I think Tim's dad was preaching. And I said to Alison, does it sound like he's just talking to you? I can't remember what her answer was, but uh, it definitely did. And the answer was probably yes. <laughs> I mean, but there were so many miracles, even about his funeral, there was nowhere to bury him. And the next minute I get a phone call off of someone saying, oh, we've got two plots, Um, we'd like you to have one. Um, And me and my sister were talking about his funeral and she was saying, because in those days people went back to the house afterwards. Well, I knew there would be so many people, I wouldn't have got them in the house. And she said to me, should we hire the quick safe hall? And I just said, no. And within minutes, the phone rang and it was Cops Road Chapel asking, would I like them to do it? Which was so much of an answer. And there are so many things that I can think back on and God was leading me and telling me things. And he was watching over me then and guiding me. Because there's so many things, what we do is, is say this. If you want to find out those so many things afterwards, do ask Jackie. But this, um, so Andrew died in January, uh, the baptism of the service, I can't remember when that was now. 
Um, then May, what happened in May? So we need to get to the end of the story because, well, by the way, if we're still here at three o'clock, you, you'll have to forgive us. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, in May, Cops Road Chapel had a, um, a tent mission at the beach. So Just to explain on that, it was a 600-seater marquee on Salthouse Fields. No, it's by Marine Lake, okay? So it was a week of meetings, yes, yeah. a tent mission, we called it. So, oh, sorry. So I went there and um, a lady, a friend of mine from the church, looked after my baby. And I actually fell asleep. <laughs> Which was nothing not... Yeah, you know, nothing was... It wasn't unusual for me. Um, and then all of a sudden I could hear my son crying. And I woke up. And, um, and I was listening to the preacher. And... He was just talking about everything that I'd been asking questions about. It was as though he was just preaching to me again. And, um, and I thought, well, he's, he's not going to change his whole, like, you know, thing that he's talking about tonight just for me. And I became a Christian that night. So I asked the Lord to forgive all the things that I've done wrong. And I still do things wrong. And I just asked him into my life. And... He's helped me through. Excellent. And uh, so that was, um, well, the, the tent mission, as we used to call it, was from May the 9th to the 16th of uh, 1991. So sometime during that week, he became a Christian, whatever night it was. Um, and so Jesus made a difference. Um, in what ways did Jesus make a difference immediately, and in which ways did it take a bit of time? Um, well, I knew I could depend on him. And... He always seemed to, well, he knew in advance things that I needed, people would turn up. I knew Andrew was in heaven, and I must admit, when he first died, I just wanted to die, but... Okay, so you knew Andrew was safe, because yeah. he'd become a Christian, and you become a Christian, and you know that you're safe for all eternity. And I, I know that I, want, I will see him again. Is there waiting for you? Yes. Excellent. Now, there's lots more we can ask um, Jack about his story, but here's someone who, through the bad news of her son's uh, tumour and then death, actually led to her beca uh, Jack becoming a Christian. It's an amazing story, and uh, Andrew's story of how he became a Christian. Um, Sometimes I, wish, I wish I could transport you back those 30 years to when um, the, the difference in Andrew's life was huge. And then the impact on Jackie's life was, was amazing. Okay, so, and um, yeah, do ask Jackie over coffee more details of the story. And uh, by the way, what street do you live on in Cleveland? Coleridgeville West. Coleridgeville Road West. Okay, so you're down one end of the street, and Alice and I live on Coleridgeville Road West, the other end of the street. And uh, we've been, if you like, neighbours for quite some time. And Liz, who was the babysitter for the baptismal service, lives sort of between our house and your house. So it's nice to see Liz and Sandra with us as well. Well, I'm going to let uh, Jackie uh, go there, but... Um, um. 